Welcome to the Cryptomaniacs Podcast. Join Taskmaster 4450 and John G. Olson each and every week as they dive into the crazy world of cryptocurrency. If you are new to crypto or you've been through a few bear markets in the past, this podcast is for you. It's time to start the show. Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, welcome to another Cryptomaniacs podcast. We are streaming live for all your viewing pleasure uh, on, um, we're on actually Vim.tv, which is really cool. We've been focusing on that uh, specifically in the CTP community. We've been really trying to use the blockchain stuff, but we love us some Periscope and Twitter. So we're out there on Twitter as well uh, and on Facebook for all you big Mark Zuckerberg fans. Uh, but it is always uploaded, of course, for your listening pleasure on Anchor.fm. So uh, that's Taskmaster. I'm John G. Olson. We have a very, very special guest, and I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna let you guys wait any longer. We've got the one and only, the Brian of London, joining us today. I'm excited about this one, so let's bring him up. Uh, and and get into this topic that I'm sure it's going to intrigue me, uh, but um, a task is going to set it off. And uh, welcome, sir. First of all, how how are you doing uh, this glorious day? Cheers and good evening from uh, Sunset Tel Aviv, which you can't see because I've got a big blazing LED light. But yeah, there's a sunset to my left. It's lovely. <laughs> so I've got I've got I've got a glass of wine because I know it's lunchtime for you guys. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Well, I, I got, I got my, my, my H2O, man. So, uh, yeah, it, it's actually hot here today, which is funny because every time Taskmaster and me do these shows, uh, he always rubs it in my face that he's in a beautiful, warm climate and I'm in the frozen tundra for some reason. I don't know. But anyways, you guys are ones in Israel, ones in Florida. I mean, you know, I'm in the May till November. It's pretty much you stop looking at the weather forecast here. It, it's... It's going to be 30 and above, um, and I don't speak American. <laughs> I think that's yeah. hot. <laughs> don't worry, I'm Canadian. We do the 30 and above two stuff, so yeah, I totally get it, man. Yeah. So yeah, man. Task. Let's uh, let's dive into it, man, because this is this is going to be some this is going to be some fun talk right up our alley uh, for for crypto maniacs. So uh, there you yep. go, Taskmaster. So, ladies, man. <laughs> how you doing, Brian? Good to see you. Very nice to, to talk to you guys, actually. For- First, so I've been watching your videos for years. You, you you've been um, making some waves, I guess. Uh, and some of us have been helping out with uh, maybe stirring the the water a little. But you have a wonderful new project, a, a project that I think is is rather innovative. It is a different approach to blockchain and to Hive as compared to what we typically see here and. Um, maybe the best way to start this off is, um, first off, it's called Podping. And why don't you start off by explaining uh, what the problem is as you foresaw it and how this is maybe uh, give us a few bullet points on how it's a solution and then we can take it from there. Okay, well, this is... This is, I think, a marriage made in heaven, because what we're combining here is 
the blockchain that we know and love and Hive is like, Hive is our place where our digital life happens. We're combining that with podcasting. And the reason these two are so important together is that podcasting is like, podcasting is like a remnant of the old internet. It's the internet before Facebook. It's the internet before uh, Google killed Google Reader. It's the internet before big social media and Twitter and Twitch and live streams and all of that stuff. Podcasting comes from that era and podcasting grew out of blogs. And blogs were the original decentralized internet way of talking. You know, you wanted to say something, you opened up your own blog. Maybe you got a domain, maybe you were on, um, you know, any one of the services, you know, I mean, there are so many that have just fallen by the wayside, movable type and, you know, WordPress has kind of won as a piece of software, but it's, but blogging is still decentralized and podcasting, which grew out of blogging, it's still decentralized, but it's, we're on a cusp. We're on, we're on that inflection point between, is it going to stay decentralized or is Google going to grab it or is Apple going to grab it or Spotify? They're all trying to grab control. And what happened was uh, about nine months ago, Adam Curry, who uh, is known as the podfather. And the reason he's known as the podfather is he co-invented podcasting. He said, we, he looked at blogging and he looked at the iPod, which had just been released. And he said, this device combined with a blog, th this can be a radio in my pocket. And all we have to do is put an MP3 file in an RSS feed. Technical, I'll, I'll try and stay away from being too deeply technical. But the basic thing was he had invented, or he then told the guy who invented RSS to do this. They made this technical change. And then a whole load of geeks and weirdos wrote software that pulled these MP3 files into a device, you know, the earliest MP3 players, and then Apple came along. And suddenly you didn't have to be online all the time. Your shows were downloaded while you were asleep. And then you woke up in the morning and there was a new show. And this was a time before the internet had live streaming before, you know, when, when we didn't, you know, I've just got like, I had um, gigabit fiber put in a month ago. It's like, it's revolutionary, but, I remember the days of 2,800 board modems and, you know, where you had to actually dial up. That's what podcasting was. That's the era podcasting was invented in. Anyway, there's one part of podcasting and blogging, which Facebook, YouTube, and the other centralized services have it licked off, which is notification. When a new episode is published on a podcast, it is ridiculously difficult for the whole world to find out that there's been a new episode. And when I say ridiculously difficult, what's actually happened for years, if you had an iPhone, was that your individual podcast app on your iPhone had a list of all the shows you like, and every hour, your iPhone would connect to 25 different, if you like, if you had, if you had to subscribe to 25 shows, your iPhone would check 25 different servers every hour saying, have you changed? Have you changed? Is there a new episode? And it, it, this combined to be almost like a DDoS attack. You know, you've got you've got millions of iPhones now. There are other Google do Google run a service where they poll centrally because they're a big index. 
but it's a mess. There's no way of signaling. And Adam Curry got back into the game of, of, of looking at podcasting from a technical basis. And he came up the, with, along with a guy called Dave Jones, they started something called Podcast Index. And Podcast Index is looking to build new features into podcasting because nobody's developed podcasting for a decade. And, and it's, it's languished. I mean, we don't have new tags. We, we didn't, it just, it rolled along, but nobody invested any money in. X9H1732B voting. Sorry, I got votes coming in. Um, nobody invested money because, because nobody owns it. It's the same issue we have on Hive to a certain extent. Because it is decentralized, it's like, who's going to invest money in the tech of podcasting? Well, Spotify do a little bit and, and Apple do, but they invest in their own little closed ecosystem. So they're going to build features that are just for Spotify or just for Apple. No, no. Adam Curry came in. It's all open. It's all open source. And, and the main point is he's building an index of shows because what happened was, Soon after, he, well, a couple of years after the start of podcasting, Steve Jobs phoned him up and said, we like this podcast thing you've invented. And what, what, what Adam didn't know at the time was Adam was serving his podcast, which was one of the first podcasts from, a, 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 I think it was, um, what did they call the, the original Apple accounts, dot, dot me or something or other, or dot, or dot Mac. He was serving it off a local drive and, and he had, blown through all bandwidth limits but internally within apple they'd gone to steve jobs and they said this guy's doing something interesting and steve jobs said whatever he whatever bandwidth he needs just give it to him don't even tell it so steve jobs pulled adam curry in for this meeting they had a meeting and and adam curry gave the index because with a decentralized system what's the thing that matters is how do you find new shows so you need an index Apple took control of the, the main index of podcasts. And there are other ones, but Apple was the biggest. Google sprung up, of course, Google indexes all the podcasts. But the trouble is they're starting to be censored. You know, they're starting to, to do censorship. You know, if they get enough complaints about Alex Jones, boom, in the same day, he's gone from Google, he's gone from Apple. That's not how it should work. So Adam's... Curry started this index to do much more than just run the index. Anyway, I'll skip to, to Podping. So this business of how do you know when a podcast is updated was something that was taxing Dave Jones, who runs Podcast Index, because he's got he's paying Linode for servers to just sit there all day long, going through a list of it's now up to almost four million RSS podcast feeds. He's got computers that go through that list and check, have you changed? Have you changed? It's like, it's, it's, many, it, it's many hundreds of dollars worth of servers every month just doing that. And there has to be a better system because every time someone hits publish, what, why, why can't we be told? So he came up with a system and it involved servers here and servers there and And there is a sort of a Google-based system web sub pub but nobody likes it because it's again it's server intensive and complicated and i looked at this and because of my background just using hive and a bit of dabbling with some python code i thought you know what we can just post a custom json just like splinterlands does with a url 
and anybody can watch the chain because watching the hive chain is something a phone can do. It's something any computer can do. You don't need to be on all the time. If you miss an hour, if that's important to you, you just wind back and replay the chain. It's, it's, it's like built for this. So after Dave presented his idea of how to fix this notification problem, I, I sat down at this desk for a half a day. I wrote the basic code in Python and I gave it to Dave and he said, okay, we're doing it this way. And that, and that became Podping. So what it is, is you've got these big hosting companies, like you, your, your podcast is hosted on Anchor actually, which is the biggest. And Anchor has been bought by Spotify, right? They've got a million shows, roughly. And many of them are dormant. Many of them haven't had episodes in two years, but nevertheless, you have to check them, you know, because they might change. And there's no way for you to know that they did change. Well, that there is, but it's a crap system. So the goal here is to get Anchor eventually to run, either run a little server and, and like I've got the test version running in a Raspberry Pi in my cupboard, which doubles up as a lightning node. And trust me, running lightning is a lot more work than pinging uh, that a podcast is updated. So... The idea is that all the hosting companies, for all the big hosting companies, and there's about 26 hosting companies that host 80 or 90% of the active podcast. Mm. We've got four. There's another one working to come online this week. And those four that we've got, uh, we're sending out now, uh, I think it's about 20,000 URLs a day. What we do is we just put them in custom JSONs, Three or four custom JSONs a minute, 4,000 a day. We are 0.6% of the traffic of Splinterlands. So it's not troubling the Hive blockchain at all. It's, it's like this is the Hive chain was built for this. Mm. We put these custom JSONs. Each one's got three or four URLs. You can, you can see, I could actually share my screen and show it if I wanted to. Let's try and do that while I'm talking. Um, I'll, I'll do that when, when you talk in a minute. And at the other side, we're starting to have services listen. So Dave Jones, who runs Podcast Index, he has already turned off polling for the four hosting companies, RSS.com, Captivate, Transistor FM, and a big one is, is Buzzsprout. He no longer checks any of their feeds every hour. He, doesn't, he just doesn't do that. He just turned off that thing, and he just waits for them to tell him, oh, our show is updated. Oh, our show is updated. And then he grabs the new shows. It's, it's like saving the planet. It's hugely green. <laughs> it's all the buzzwords. And I think outside of, outside of finance and currency and outside of sort of perhaps tracking food and tracking certain items, I think that this is just about the best use of blockchain outside of those two things that I can think, I'm amazed it hasn't been done before. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll let you in on the next level, going live. How do you send a going live notification, okay? At the moment, it's dominated by closed system platforms, Facebook, Google, YouTube. You can, at Twitter, you can go live and then it sends it to all your followers on Twitter or YouTube, but it doesn't, doesn't go cross-platform we're going to have a go live system for podcasting and for live stream and that 
that that's already i mean I, somebody could start work on that right now they could they could build the infrastructure the infrastructure is there because it's called hive and it's decentralized and, and you and i know we can't censor people um and this puts hive at the center of the technical infrastructure of podcasting it's like a new internet protocol <laughs> i talk i talk a lot so uh Jump in with any questions if I haven't really explained something properly. That, that, that's really amazing. So, uh, so basically, what, if, if we're understanding correctly, podcasting as an entity was, was, is still decentralized, but it was actually the data aggregation uh, that started to become centralized because of the Apples, the Spotify's, the Googles, the ones who decided to construct their own, for lack of a better word, search engine. Uh, and they they share it in their own ecosystem, but they don't share it anywhere else. It, it, am I understanding correctly? Well, I'll tell you what's happened is that Apple have been running this uh, podcast index for free for everybody. So they've had an API and almost every app that is independent was using Apple's podcast index. And, and so if, you know, if you've subscribed to a show, if your device knows the UR, knows the RSS, you know, then you don't need Apple anymore. But to find shows, to search, you have to have an index. It's the same as Google indexing the web. And in order to, to, to find a new show or to search for the name of a show, that's where you need an index. And the trouble is, Apple has started to be censorious. Google, Google is less censorious at the moment, you know, but there are articles cropping up every, every few weeks, you know, it's like, look at this white supremacist and, and his podcast is on Google Play. Well, it's not really on Google Play. It's just in the Google system. It's just, it's just indexed, like a website would be indexed, but they're going to come under pressure, watch, to remove hateful com comment, you know, hateful stuff. And, and at the moment, it is decentralized. Anybody can start their own show. They don't have to abide by Facebook's terms and conditions. But if we don't keep it free, if we don't keep the sensor away and, and take control of these, the, the, the features that can be centralized, we'll lose it. And what's, what's so interesting now is that this kind of new feature like, like this notification feature, mark my words, it will, it will change everything because of the, firstly, it's, it's immediate, it's instant. Uh, I'm gonna, uh, maybe I have, to, I have to do a bit of keyboard wizardry. Uh, I should have had this running actually. I, I closed down all my terminal windows. <laughs> I had a bunch of them, but it, it's, the, the, the bit, that, the bit that, that, that makes this important to me is the com com combining it with Hive. And I think the other part of podcasting that's really languished, nobody's built social features for podcasts. Um, and the reason they haven't is because podcasters are on all these disparate platforms. They're on Anchor, they're on Spot. You know, they're not centralized. You don't have Google to run the comment section below your podcast. But I think Hive can be that decentralized commenting engine and, and all of those other features that we know and love. And we, you know, there is a project underway, Oriel, who's, who's building some podcasting features for Hive, which is, at, which is excellent. 
I'm looking at the sort of bigger picture of once we've got these hosting technology companies forced to use Hive. And, and I mean, the goal that I've set for, for this thing is that I, I want to be able to put out a press release in three months or six months time to say Google is now using Hive. Apple is now using Hive. Because if they don't, it means they hate the planet and they're trying to burn us all in global warming um, because they're going to be running thousands of computers that they don't need to run because all they need is a raspberry pi in a cupboard and that can watch every new notification of a podcast so i, I got a i got a question uh and this is again for you know the guy who just like presses record or go live like i don't understand yeah. the bells and whistles i just can i press play and can i press record um this is talking about the notification systems of it all. What about yes. the hosting? Like, like I remember D Sound. It had, I think it was IPFS. I'm not, I can't remember exactly. Is that how podcasting would be decentralized? Or I listen by mere fact. I tell you what, where everything went wrong was YouTube came along with this free thing for video, and frankly hosting free video is uneconomic for anybody except Facebook, Google, and, and even Twitter struggle. I mean, basically Facebook and Google are, the, are, are it for free, for so-called free video hosts. Right. Nobody ever did, well, Anchor do, but we largely avoided this sort of totally free podcasting ecosystem. Many people still realize that it's worth paying $5, $10 a month to host their podcast, because that's real value. You see, where everything gets out of whack is when people lose sight of the value that they're getting. Hosting your video and serving it instantly to anyone in the world, that is a valuable service. If you're not paying for it, obviously you are the product being sold. And that's, that's, that's a huge problem. So, so video was centralized because it's like, Facebook and Google got so big that they were the only ones who could afford to do it for free, to give it away. We didn't get to that point with, um, um, with audio. So it's still slightly decentralized. Now, I think you're right, using IPFS to store files and all sorts of other tricks and, and the sorts of things that actually three speaker looking at with video, I think that's got a huge part to play in podcasting. Um, but yeah, the, 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 these are all bits that we're going to start bringing in from the different parts of the sort of subversive internet that we, that we, <laughs> that we seem to inhabit. Uh, and, you know, I, I, don't, I don't think we can, um, I, we can't get there all at once, but we're heading in the right direction with this kind of stuff. You and I kind of touched a, a little bit of base earlier on uh, Twitter, and you replied or commented on, on something I put out there, or actually it was a comment it, it, that I replied to. But, um, you know, everybody looks at Hive and, and blockchain and cryptocurrency, and, and what's the thing that attacked? everybody looks at is the the financial aspect, the market. You know, what's the market doing? How, how does it moon? How do I get rich exactly. all this other oh. stuff? And we were talking and, and the, the actual response was, the comment started in response to, 
uh, somebody posting about technology and when people understand the technological component to all this stuff, that's when things really are going to kick off. And we have a lot of apps on Hive, but it seems that none of them really are using DLTR for what it is uh, as a ledger. Uh, distributed ledger. And so here's a, a perfect example. And I, I saw one of your posts where I guess somebody gave you some feedback and said, why are you spamming the the blockchain? And I was just dumbfounded. It's like, isn't it there to post data on? Isn't it that why it exists? It's a decentralized data structure. This is the, you know, what, you know, one man's spam is, a, okay, I am putting an, if you can, you let me share the screen. Uh, yeah, it should be. Uh, just give me one sec. Anyway, I'm. You know, some people post dumb comment. I I, I don't judge. Um, and I will admit, this application is putting about I don't know, four thousand a day, uh, custom JSONs on the chain. But they're very very small. I'll, and I'll show you exactly what they are. And they're very very small, and each time. Uh, they carry so much weight because what they do is they remove a massive amount of server power at the sender side. They're so easy to send. I mean, it's literally, it's the tiniest little effort to write a custom JSON every, you know, three a minute. And it's so much less computer power at the receive side. It, this, this cuts out computers er everywhere. Now, it's using the shared infrastructure of Hive, which is all the witnesses, especially the API nodes. And I am absolutely convinced that Podcast Index will be running an API node either privately to start with and then publicly for the whole community because we, you know, we understand, I understand, and the guys I'm working with over on the podcasting side, they understand the value of the service that we're receiving and, and the computer systems that we are using. We really value that. This is, this is like a, it might not, you might not be able to see it and click like on it. It doesn't earn any rewards. It has no impact on the reward pools. I mean, you know, we, we don't get upvoted for, for three custom JSONs a minute. It, so that it has no impact there. Um, if there was a way, for example, and I'll talk with block trades about this and the other core developers, perhaps there needs to be like an ephemeral, a way to send a custom JSON that expires after a month, you know, because these, if a show is updating, you know, uh, three, three or four times a month or, or once a day, we don't need to store every uh, thing going back, but that's just the nature of the blockchain. But what we do need and what, what they what we find really useful is like at the moment there is a system called web sub pub uh, for for servers to say we've changed something and for the clients to watch it but it involves synchronized uh, subscriptions the subscriptions expire you have to resubscribe it's a nightmare it's a total nightmare and the the what popping does like if you have a computer that's watching this other system website, if you switch, if you reboot it, you might miss 40 notifications and there's literally no way to go back and find out what you missed. I, the guy who's running this, Dave Jones is running this at Podcast Index. 
I wrote, I, it, was, it was just my little Python script that it, and he's got a, you know, minus minus old one, which means when it restarts, it goes back one hour, replays all the, the notifications. He doesn't mind getting a notification twice. So it, it doesn't matter if he only missed 15 minutes and he gets another out, it doesn't matter. But the, the value of that, and there are people who want to go back, um, here, I'm gonna share my blue here. Can you see that? So that's, that might be too hard to see, but that's, this is live. Um, that's just, each line is another URL being shared uh, to say this podcast is updated. Now, one thing I do notice is that you get like double entries. We're, we're gonna work on cutting those down. So that's like when someone hits publish, we all do it. You hit publish, you see the typo, you go back, you edit it, you hit publish again to, you know, five seconds later. But this is real data. This is real people hitting publish and any computer watching this. And like I said, you know, I'm talking to you on, on an iMac. I'm running this Hive Watcher. It, is, does, it, it has no impact on my computer, none. Mm. Uh, and, and, you know, uh, Every, every few minutes it gives a count. So since I started running it, there have been 74 pod things. Oh, and there's been 2,758 other custom JSON. Now, those other ones uh, are mostly Splinterlands. Splinterlands, if you, if you want to see spam, and I think the, if you want to see spam, watch the Block Explorer and watch, um, uh, watch Splinterlands, because uh, I'm just going to close a window. My wife has turned on the air conditioning. Um, if you want to see spam, look at Splinterlands. But nobody begrudges Splinterlands because of the value it brings to the chain, because it's an actual app that people use and love. And it, it's right. got $17 million of value tied up in it. And NFT It's fantastic. Podping might not be sexy in the front, but I'm telling you this. When we get to write those press releases, let's say Apple is now running a server that watches Hive. Just think of that. And the thing is, could Apple run this service themselves? Well, or could Google run this service themselves? Of course they could. Google could spin up a Hive instance in a second. You know, they could just, they, they could go get the repo, <coughs> make their own version. But would anybody trust them? Right. Would, would you? No, of course not. It's like Justin Sun again. We wouldn't trust them because they'll block stuff. They'll censor stuff. You, you know, we don't like your podcast. You don't get to ping. That's not, that's not possible on high. We don't have that feature. I don't know. Now, at the moment, we've only got a, one account doing most of the pod pinging. Um, and we, we've sort of centralized it for now. So the, the hosts that are sending the, these notifications they're sending a signal to, to Dave at Podcast Index, who then writes the chain. But the, going forward, once they're comfortable with this, I want Buzzsprout to have a Hive account. I want Transistor. I want Anchor. If Anchor take their 1 million feeds, many of which don't update very rarely, often, and they get one little Linode $5 a month machine to run the Python script that we're busy building into a Docker thing right now, if they run that, it can handle all the traffic of their pod pinging. And if, and I reckon, 
I've put about 1,500 Hive on the account that's called Hive Hydra that's running this thing right now. <laughs> that's, that's enough to give me all the more than enough resource credit. That, that account now is pegged at 100% resource credits because I just don't want, I don't want it to, I've done the experiments and so on. That's enough. But, but 1,500 Hive, you know, you know, it's not a material sum for the scale of the, the, the benefit that we get. Um, I, honestly, I really, I wish there was a way I could charge people for this service. Um, and, but podcasting is, is and, and especially Adam Curry and Dave Jones, they're going into a world where, of what they call value for value. And, I, and this is, I think this is fundamental here. You have to explain people the value of the service that you're giving them. And this is a service, and these hosting companies are going to see a reduction in their bills. Now, for, it's going to also reduce some other bills. Like, for example, one of the biggest independent podcast listening apps is called um, Overcast. And Marco, who runs Overcast, he runs his own servers to do this polling to check for new episodes. And we don't know for sure, but we're told that, that his server bill is about $5,000 a month, of which maybe $2,000 is just checking feeds. Just checking feeds. That $2,000 starts to go to zero when the host starts sending the ping. And he can just have a raspberry pie in the cupboard. And, and yeah, he'll still have to check each feed that changes but he won't have to check every hour to see if they have changed. And it's, it's a total change. And what, what we have to get onto is this value for value model. So, you know, if a big company like Buzzsprout sees the value and they already do see the value, you know, they're gonna support podcast index, podcast index people, you know, um, here, actually I play you a little clip. I've got a little clip lined up. Um, so this is, this is Dave Jones talking to Adam Curry on their podcast about, so on the other night, it was uh, on June 1st, I was live stream. I wasn't, it wasn't live stream. I was just having a private chat with Dave and he says, I want to buy high. So listen to what he says about that. Let's see if this plays through to you. I have our server set to, um, to look back one hour of blogs. So anytime I reboot the server, it starts one hour ago and replays all the all the updates since then and gets us caught up to right back to current. That is something that WebSub cannot do in any shape, form, or fashion. Um, the and the other thing is you don't. It's it's instant and global and free. Nobody has to pay. It's completely decentralized. Well, no, that's not true. And it's permanent. That's not true. Brian, Brian of London, I think, has paid $8 million in Hive coin or something. <laughs> this is Adam Curry. He has Hive power. It's like Power Rangers. Hive power! <laughs> So, I, I, I want to make sure, I want to make sure that he's not taking money out of his pocket. That we should be able to give him some of the. You know, I just don't want him to be paying for all this. No, I bought some Hive. I, I oh, now own Hive. You're a Hiver. I, am, I, am. I want some hive. Yeah. I'll, I'll, see, I can't give you any because I powered it all up. Dude, you're, you're hive powered. 
How much does a little hive power cost? I, I got, I bought, the way I did it, it's so crazy. So the way you do it is uh, I did it through a website called Block Trades. And the reason I'm laughing is because it's, it's just like hilarious the amount of steps you go through. So I got onto Coinbase and bought uh, one Litecoin. Mm. And then and then I got onto Block Trades and set up an account there. So to transfer your, your, your Litecoin. To, yeah, Litecoin. Block Trade sets up. You give Block Trade your Hive account name, mm-hmm. and then it sets up a Litecoin receiver address. Then you get on Coinbase and send your Litecoin to, cool. to Block Trade, <laughs> nice. and then and then you get and then it converts it into Hive and deposits it in your Hive account. And and bada boom, bada bing, you've got Hive. You got and a then, cocktail. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, so wow. I'm, I'm on the phone with Brian and he says, oh yeah. And don't forget to power it up today. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell does that mean? <laughs> I like it. I mean, I really like the sound of this, but it's cool. You know, it's cool. He's like, he said, you get a badge if you, if you, uh, oh, power it up on the first crap. day of the month. You got, did you get your badge? I don't know. I haven't checked yet. Oh, I need to check it. By the way, if anyone wants to see pod ping in action. Anyway. I, the, I I think that's gold because Dave is like a very experienced developer. He's been working with Adam Curry for years. He built the back end systems. Um, he built he built the back end systems that No Agenda runs on, and which is one of the biggest podcasts in the world, actually. And and Adam Curry is the guy who invented podcasting, and there they are talking about Hive. Now, I mean, they're joking along, but this is important. They've developed uh, a whole new system for uh, for paying podcasters uh, while while you listen, and it's built around Lightning. So you know, I'm I'm ragging um, Dave because a few months ago I got myself a Raspberry Pi, downloaded. Uh, oh well, I had to drive to Natanya to buy it. I had to drive to my office to get a SSD. I plug it all together. I get the, the, the you know flash it download the software and then i waited two weeks to download the entire bitcoin blockchain before i got my gigabit fiber um and then suddenly i oh then i can use lightning i mean and he's complaining about sending one litecoin to block trades and getting it's like i'm sorry your lightning thing was way worse and but they're using lightning uh, to pay sats while you listen and i'll send this to you you can you can sign up for this and start receiving sats. Um, and I like that system. And in fact, I was originally working on a Hive alternative. And I still think we're going to be able to do a Hive alternative that will blow Lightning out of the water because Lightning has just got way too much complexity. It, it just You have to have a server running 24-7 to receive funds. So you've either got to have one in the cloud or one in your cupboard. And it, it, yeah, Hive beats it into a cockpit. But I... I, I paused my development on a high version of the, the value for value model to do this, um, this pod pin. And I, but I'll get back to it. And, but anyway, those two guys, bringing them and the ecosystem of people that I'm talking to now, I'm showing them high and that everybody's jaw dropped because with 15 lines of Python, we have a global notification system that nobody can block. It's like, how do you do that? 
Of course, I'm standing on the shoulders of giants who built the whole hive system. But this is, this is, I think, it's like one of those moments when something changes on the internet and somebody does, and it's not just me, it's, it's the use case that they explained, me knowing enough about Hive to know, yeah, we can do that. And, and, and frankly, I'm actually quite pleased because, you know, I put a proposal onto the, the Hive system and I did it almost not not so much about the money because mostly i'm just going to put the money in a bucket and hopefully it'll pay for an api server and other stuff but i i wanted the affirmation from some of the big guys you know some of the big devs i wanted them to look carefully at what i was doing and tell me if i was doing anything wrong okay uh, because and i know that the the best way to get them to pay attention is to ask for money <laughs> you know nobody nobody reads a nobody reads a blog post but if you're asking for money at the end of it, then they suddenly start, oh, somebody else new wants something from the dev fund. Oh, we can't be having that. Anyway, but they, I've had brilliant support and, and Dan and Block Trades and they call me Dan is very supportive and lots and lots of others. And my proposal is still there. It's unfunded as yet, but maybe it will go up soon thanks to this. Um, but the point is nobody has come with a technical, a strong technical objection. Uh, it's not causing the chain any kind of grief and it, and it won't even, you know, even if we had, I think, I think it's something like 600,000 podcasts have updated in the last month. It, 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 even if, even if we were updating a hundred thousand URLs a day, it would still be what less than 1% of what Splinterlands does. So I'm not even, I'm not even remotely close to that traffic. Well, and we spent, or block trade spent 11 months scaling the blockchain. I mean, what's the point of That's, doing all that work if we're not going to throw traffic at it? I mean, come exactly. on. Exactly. This is the point, but this proves it. I mean, I submitted this thing to dap.com. I'm, I'm the number two utility dap, I think. You know, basically, if you take out the financial stuff uh, and the game, as far as I can see, I'm the busiest thing in the world if I'm on a blockchain. It's quite crazy. You know, and this is this is so early on. We've got four hosting companies out of 26 major ones. Um, and and they're they're shocked. You know, we're hiding some of the complexity, but the next step is to give you know, that's what I'm I'm actually working. And this is something so stop me when I'm boring everybody. Okay, I just tend to talk. Um, I learned to code. Uh, when I was 11, I got in, in 1981, I'll age myself. Oh, you're 50, the same age as me. You're 51. an old oh, Anyway, I, I, um, I learned to code on a ZX81, uh, basic beginners all purpose. Involved. Thank you for who's ever voting. I'm, I'm getting live update because I'm watching the chain. Um, the, the, and, and I learned to code on my own, of course we did. I, I actually typed in, do you, does anybody remember typing in uh, programs from the back of magazine? That's, that's what I was doing. Anyway, and I, and I went all the way, you know, I carried on coding and I went all the way through university, got a PhD. But even then, it was before the era of collaborative coding. GitHub didn't exist, you know. It, it, the, the internet barely existed by the time I left university in 1997 I got my PhD and I come back to the world now 
I've learned everything I've learned now from YouTube. (laughs) I'm on GitHub now on this particular project. So there's a, there's a guy who's helping me called Alex and you know, he's like, I don't know. I, I don't know his, his full story. I think he does um, contract work for rocket companies or something. And he's, but he's a top notch Python developer who knows like, and I just, I write code. And then overnight I get up in the morning and I come back to VS code and I, I press synchronize and down comes my code all beautifully refactored and, and I just, I go through his code every morning saying, oh yeah, that's much smarter than what I did. I love it. It's, it's, I, I'm feeling like a kid again. It's so fun because there's this, and, and people's interests are aligned. It's not for the money at this point, but it's, it's like, it's for freedom. It's like, don't take away stuff we want to hear. Don't shut it down. Don't close the world off. Um, and, 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 Thankfully, there are people who still value this stuff. Let, let me ask you this, Brian. Uh, you, you, you gave us some insight as to what, what the next phase is from, from your perspective. Mm. Uh, obviously, it's a dual attack of adding more of these hosting companies. Yeah. Uh, and then you also want to add the live stream announcements. Yeah. But you mentioned something very interesting in one of your posts that I wanted to to query about. And you said about designing a new protocol and uh, or coming upon a new protocol. And you seem very, very excited that this is a, a, a game changer or a potential game changer for Hive. Is there other use cases that you've already thought of or that you pondered that says, you know what, we could do the same thing with this, this, and this? Well, the, the, the big one that I don't, I don't think people have grasped what it means. Okay, so someone right now could write some code that has an account on YouTube and subscribes to whichever creators you're, they're interested in. And programmatically, now I don't think this comes out of the YouTube API. I don't think YouTube will make this easy for you to do, but I know that there are coders who are talented enough to do this, to just watch for uh, an update that says going live and to put that on high. And suddenly what someone else can write is an application that says, these are the people I wanna follow. This one's on Facebook, this one's on YouTube, this one's on Twitter, Twitch, whatever but I wanna get notified if they go live in any of those places. And I wanna link to where they're live and I wanna just watch it without having an account. Because most of these platforms, you can watch YouTube without an account. You can watch most Facebook videos without an account because they want want people in. What you need the account for is the notification. So bypass these big assholes and just take their notification system away from them. If you take the notification system away from Facebook and YouTube, you've decimated them. You've destroyed them because they suddenly you're not logged in. And now I'll tell you another little trick. Now, other other people on Hive know me from our court case in Australia, which, by the way, is still going on. We've been we've, we're waiting for a court date. It's, a, it's just. Have you ever watched the program Suits? Suits. Every time they have a court case, they're like in court the next minute. And I'm watching this show with my wife and it's driving me insane because I'm waiting for a court in Australia to give us a court date. Anyway, sidebar. 
Um, if if you imagine, uh, I've lost my train of thought. God, I'll have another sip of wine. <laughs> what was I talking about before I did suits? Um, oh yeah, if you take away their subscribers, or or you or you alert people to watch a video when they're not subscribed. In the very deep in the accounting general principles is that they only book revenue from logged in users. Okay, when they count how much money they made per person, the only people they count are the people who have clicked accept on terms and conditions. If you start getting any sizable number of people not to be logged in whilst watching YouTube, that changes the economics of YouTube, it changes their the accounts they give to the advertisers, it blows up their model. So that's just one, you know, and that's one thing. I actually don't know what other people are gonna think of once they understand that with a, an account that might cost you, you know, you might have to put $2,000, you might have to buy, two, buy and stake $2,000 of Hive, but the power that gives you for communication, it's, I think it's gonna be outrageous. And I, and I firmly believe that the community building side of it, that three speak is working um, and, and that we know that, de that ability to run your own decentralized community and own it and have those cryptographic keys that say nobody can delete your community. And I think that that is going to come to the fore and that, that even though the majority of podcasters are not technical and they'll, they, they won't know this system that I've put in, what they will know is right, right now, uh, for the last three weeks, Apple blitzed their systems. They made a complete cock up. They've announced that they're, they're switching to a system where you can pay to hear some podcasts. Imagine that. We've all been trying to get our stuff heard and now they want to put everybody behind a paywall. <laughs> Grow up. Um, but they broke the note. They broke the way uh, new shows. So people have been complaining that that the Apple Podcast app doesn't update for eight, eight hours, whereas Podcasting Index and Podping together, we, anybody who adopts that technology is going to get notified within twelve seconds. That's going to be and and this is not something Apple can do. Apple can't make. Apple can't come up with the system we did. And Apple can't build Hive. Apple can use Hive. And that's my goal is I, I want that. And the, the, the funny thing is, uh, we'll know the minute that Google and Apple start using Hive. And the, even if they don't tell us, if they start using Hive, when, you know, when a show, uh, like, I mean, I, I can play with this. If I ping my URL out on PodPing, I immediately see podcast indexes computers and a couple of others that are, that are now watching Hive come and grab my RSS feed and, and take a new copy of it. If Apple start using PodPing, firstly, anybody with a podcast that's on PodPing will see a massive drop in the number of times their shows are asked for, but they will see an immediate hit straight after a public we'll know I, I within i'll know within 15 minutes that apple is now running a copy of my software that reads high and the thing is 
the the reading of this the reading side you know this you don't need an account you just watch the chain you don't need an account um it's i i can't i just want to get the word out a bit more uh and i think a lot of people are going to find use for it all the codes on github we've done every line of code that i've written for this project from the very first commit is public none of this is closed source there's no secrets here the only thing you don't publish is the posting key uh, but that's it <laughs> get your own you know hive hiveonboard.com slash question mark equals brian of london get get an account get on hive you know you you actually you need you need about 15 hive power to start testing this thing and you can write so how does someone like let's say i don't know cryptomania okay. how do we yeah. get get well, in, like how do we get our pod pinged <laughs> yeah now at the moment you're on anchor so yeah. we we would like anchor to adopt this technology but um uh, they're a bit harder to reach because they're big they're spotify mm. you could and I could give you a bit of Python code. You could post your own pod ping uh, one at a time. You know, it, it, it's just, I could give you a command line in Python to do it. But this thing doesn't really work on the individual basis. After we've got a few more of the hosts, we're going to put a bit more effort into like WordPress publishing is another big area. Mm -hmm. And we will be able to, you know, like the guys, the EXXP, the guys who have Steam, it was, used to be called Steam Press. I need to get in touch with them, actually. They haven't answered my, because I, I think in two minutes they could write a plugin that would pod ping it for any podcaster who was using WordPress. Because again, it's trivial. You just have to have a posting key and a Hive account, send the ping. Um, that's how we... And that's how we get to the, the independent. But at the moment, you know, for the big host, it's a matter of waiting for that host to adopt the technology. And, and of course, it goes hand in hand. Look, this, is a, this is the start of a process. We have to get apps like uh, Overcast. He's not using it yet. He's watching. Um, but I think that he'll have a compelling reason to start using it because who wouldn't want to get rid of $2,000 worth of servers a month? Uh, sorry, some guy, one, two, three. I don't, I don't think, um, <laughs> I don't, I don't think uh, uh, Marco is using Privex, but you know, it's like, we, we all need less service in our lives. <laughs> uh, they've proliferated everywhere. Can we get rid of some and not, not needlessly burn, burn the world? I, you know, what? I'm, I'm a total global warming skeptic uh, as far as human cause, but I know a good PR line when I see one. So I'm going with it. Let me ask you this. You, you mentioned, I think, Davy Jones. Dave Jones. Yeah. Dave Jones. Uh, Davy Jones from the monkeys. Dave, Dave, Dave Jones. And he he's he you said he did all the back end work uh, for he's for... done the back end work on podcast index, which is now the largest independent index of podcasts. Almost 4 million shows in it. Massive have, database. Have you talked to him about Hive? Uh, obviously, I've listened to that. He, he obviously got a Hive account and, and put some Hive uh, on, yeah. on his account. Uh, 
what does he think of Hive and does he have any other insights as to what the blockchain can be used for in some of his stuff? You know, here, here let me, let me, uh, I've got a clip for that. So let me play this to you. <laughs> this guy's multimedia, John. Oh, yeah, he's got it all. <laughs> he's got it all. His number, go ahead and play pod theme five. And it's got buzzwords like it's using block. You, you, you're out. You're out. One of, sorry. One of the hosting companies did a podcast where they talked about pod ping, but they got lots of stuff wrong. So this was Adam and Dave talking about that podcast on their podcast. So I'll just, um, I might have to back this up. Let me just restart this clip. But the most important thing, though, is number, go ahead and play pod ping five. And it's got buzzwords like it's using blockchain and blah, blah, blah. Oh, oof. yeah. No, okay. no. I, I like the high road you're taking, Dave. You are a much better man than I am. So the, re the reason it's easy for me to, take, to, to, to not be uh, irritated by this kind of thing is because I get it. When you're in, if you've been in IT for the last 10 years, you've heard blockchain so many times that you just want to barf. I mean, <laughs> seriously. Okay, so I'm in the financial, uh, my day job is in financial services. Uh, and for the, for at least five years, every conference you go to, it was, there's going to be three different ses breakout sessions on blockchain technology and how it's the future and we're all going to lose our jobs. None of like so about two years ago that all stopped and nobody even mentions it anymore and the reason is because blockchain the old adage is blockchain was a you know solution looking for a problem right well so i get it i understand when somebody when somebody tells an it guy about blockchain your eyes roll back in your head and you're just like whatever but there are some legitimate use cases for blockchain cryptocurrency obviously is one of them um Another, another one is uh, lot tracking for things like, uh, let's just say, pharmaceuticals or uh, food, uh, food delivery. You want to be able to track lots on a public ledger to, for, um, you know, that everybody can participate in. There are a few, obviously, clearly limited, but there are a few legitimate use cases. This is one of those use cases. I do think wholeheartedly that we have found a legitimate use case for blockchain technology. And here's, here's, here's why it's legitimate. It's um, the host, any host of a podcast, any podcast publisher sends a ping to a pod ping server. The pod ping server just accepts that URL and writes it to the Hive blockchain. The Hive blockchain is public. At that point, Anybody can see it. You don't need a server to see it. All you need is a, is a script running on your computer, any computer, a Raspberry Pi, your, your Windows workstation, a server in the cloud, your phone, a web browser. Anything can watch the blockchain and see every URL that comes through and see which ones need to be polled, see which ones needed to have changed. If your server, if you're running a server that needs, that is critical that you need to know which ones have changed, like us, it's critical that we need to know when things change. We don't want to miss stuff. So if I'm, if I reboot my web sub server, I may have missed 
40 web sub pings in that amount of time, and I'll never know which, which ones they were. In this case, yeah, you can just go back in the chain. Yeah, you, I've got, I have our server set. So that was Adam Curry at the end, jumping in and saying, you can just go back in the chain. And Adam Curry's not deeply technical. He's very, he, he makes light of it. He's really, he does know his stuff. And, and, but he's not a developer per se. But the fact is, because he's been playing with Lightning for six, seven months, he understands what replaying a blockchain is and why that's unique to blockchain. Why going back? It, so, you know, you asked, what, does he get it? Yes, he really gets it. Does he get the rest of Hive? No. I had, there's another clip, I don't know where it is, but somewhere else, they, the two of them were, were, were talking this way and they were saying specifically about me pushing Hive. I've been pushing Hive now for nine months and I was pushing it for the value for value and I couldn't get anybody interested. Nobody was coming to have a look. They weren't opening blogs, whatever. Okay, you know, you know the difficulty. Sometimes you just have to work at it. But this, this has blown their mind because like, like in that other clip where he says I've paid $8 million, they can't, you know, if this was Ethereum, Think what it would cost to do 4,000 <laughs> transactions a day on Ethereum or Bitcoin. I mean, I could, I, could, I could bring Bitcoin to a halt with this traffic. Even the Ethereum chain, I think, would collapse with this traffic. You couldn't do, you cannot do this. And there's no other decentralized chain. And, you know, there are other special purpose chains, Coinos, you know, all these other people. But as Dan, they call me Dan is exactly right. Our, our birth in the fires of the Justin Sun hell, that birth has given rise to something utterly unique. There's nothing else like Hive out. And I'm, I'm like, I'm evangelical. I'm like, hey, I'm the Jew from Israel pushing Hive. Because I tell you what, funnily enough, they're doing all this value for value work. Uh, and of course, because it's Israel, one of the main guys they're working with on value for value on Lightning is from a company called Breeze, which is about four kilometers that way. <laughs> it's in Tel Aviv. And um, <laughs> do a little door knocking. Hi, I'm yeah, here. Exactly. Exactly. And but but and they're the they're 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 deep, deep, deep in the whole lightning thing. I, I don't begrudge the lightning people. I think they've achieved great technical wizardry, but with an underlying crap system because it's just not built for this. It's like, why have I got? a pie running 24 seven, just to be able to receive 50 sats when someone listens to my podcast, it's, it's dumb. Anyway, I'd rather get it on Hive. Another thing that interests me, and I, I don't know if this is where you're going, maybe I, I misunderstood, but you were talking about incorporating some of the social aspects of Hive into podcasts, in which that, that's a real interesting yeah. marriage because you're right, it, it really is separate. Would you be looking at like something where, and I think the steam press people were trying, well, they weren't really trying to do this, but what I'm thinking of is like discus, how discus is like the default comment section for yeah. a lot of different blogs. Could we do something or is something like that possible with Hive? So the way, the way that the podcast index has been working up to now, they, they do some, like Podping is a big project value for value, which is embedding lightning payment node information in your RSS feed. It all comes from the RSS feed. And by adding tags 
to RSS that don't exist at the moment, we build in these new capabilities to podcasting. So one of the ones that's that's being finalized right now is um, alternate enclosure. Podcasts have always had one file. So you, you just have one MP3 file. But or what a lot of people don't know is that video podcasts can include video. And many of the podcast apps actually do play video. Now, and back in the earliest days of YouTube, you could subscribe to a YouTube channel as an RSS feed and view it in any feed reader. Google destroyed that because the last thing they want is you watching a YouTube video, but not on the YouTube website. So they killed that a decade ago. Anyway, all these features stem from new tags in the RSS. And what Podcast Index are doing is writing the specifications for the new tags. Now it's up to people to implement these, but one of the tags that we're gonna need is social features. Now, I think the way, the way I see this going is that you, you should be able to put in the tags for your RSS, for your podcast, commenting system, hide and give a community number. And suddenly every episode of your podcast which is what the Oriole guys are doing, should be posted to your community on Hive. And each episode should have the link to that post on the Hive blockchain. And, and it will then direct commenting to that post. But this is, you know, this, it, it's a multi-step thing to get these systems built. First, you have to write a specification to say in the RSS feed, list where you want comments on your podcast post. We want to keep it open. That's the whole point here is not to make Hive the only way to do it. That would be wrong as well. But I think that Hive will have massive benefits and, and, and it's, got, it's got the infrastructure that nothing else has and it's got decentralization and it's got censorship resistance from the start. So Yes. And, and the fact that I've now got them talking like that about Podping, suddenly they're taking Hive a lot more serious because, you know, anybody who's stuck in the sort of Bitcoin maximalist viewpoint, which they are to a certain extent, has trouble understanding the non-financial uses of another chain like Hive. Hive is not going to be a store of wealth, I think, like Bitcoin. But Bitcoin's a good store of wealth, but it's crap at everything else. Right. You can't do, you, you, you know, it's never going to reach visa levels of, of transactions per second. Um, even Hive would struggle at the visa scaling issue. Um, but, but what Hive can do is this social thing. And all of the, all of the work that, that all those guys have done on, on separating the, the social the social bits from the blockchain bits and then the, the, how the API servers work, which honestly is kind of, I'm on the very fringes of my understanding. Um, I think we've achieved great things and it's, it's, it's like poised for this breakout. Uh, and yeah, I want to, I want to use this as a door in say, these are all the other great things we can do with Hive. And, and, but believe me, Everybody knows what we need to do. It's just, it's just, and, and look, if I'm talking to any developers out there who are interested, come join us on podcastindex.social, which is a Mastodon instance, I know, 
<laughs> maybe I can get them to start using high for this stuff, but it doesn't matter. It's where people who are interested in the future of free and open podcasting are gathering and writing the software and the systems that will be the next generation. So this is a big deal. I think so. And thanks to everybody who's, I've seen a few names. I've got a list of people who voted for my of course, proposal. Of course, you've been drinking this whole episode. so And I'm, and I'm like into a glass of red wine. <laughs> hey, do we have any questions, Sean? Was there any questions? Uh, no, there was, uh, it, was, it was actually pretty, uh, pretty quiet on the, um, on the, on the front. Um, so a couple people saying hello and stuff, but nothing, uh, no, no questions. Because, well, I mean, for me, I mean, I'm just, I'm all for it. I mean, this is, I've been podcasting for years and years and years, but nothing steady since Crypto Maniacs. I mean, this has been the, the the most steady I've been with podcasting. And I know that when you're building something like this, it doesn't happen in six months. It takes it takes years sometimes to get a real big following and stuff. But what I'm a fan of personally is the not ignoring the traditional social media because it's got reach, whatever, whatever. But more of this is why I'm streaming on Vim all the time now because I and why I upload to Three Speak. I never touch YouTube. I I, I use Facebook and Twitter just because of reach again. But I would right. rather everything go to the blockchain because, like you said, it's it's decentralized because you know the the censors are going to come if you say anything. You know, so, so gonna... I'll tell you, I was the reason I'm on. Um, uh, I was brought to Hive by Andrew, the lawyer. And the, what happened was I used to run a Facebook page in the UK for a very controversial guy who shouldn't be controversial, but I, cause I like him and uh, I've known him for 10 years. He's a lovely chap, uh, but he is like pretty controversial. <laughs> and he had a Facebook page and we grew that. I think I sort of helped out from about 200,000 up to 1.2 million followers in the UK wow. to the point where we had the busiest political Facebook page in the United Kingdom. Jeremy Corbyn was the leader of the La of Labour Party. Our page was busier. When we posted something, we got more likes, shares and comments within the first hour than Jeremy Corbyn ever did. We, were, we, had, a, we had more engagement than any politician in the United Kingdom. And my friend was not, you know, he's a, he's a controversial political figure. And um, one morning, it was gone. Yeah. And, and in fact, it, it was not a big surprise to us because 24 hours earlier, we'd put out what, what had happened was the BBC had, had tried, had spent about six months, the top investigative program of the BBC called Panorama, kind of like 60 minutes. Um, they had spent months trying to get some dirt on this guy. And, and the, they, had, they had pulled every trick in the book. But what my friend had managed to do was one of the people they they went to was a disgruntled ex-employee, but she wasn't that disgruntled. So she wore a hidden camera to a meeting with the BBC guy and and a boozy and it turned into a boozy lunch where the BBC man was drinking like crazy and boasting about the expense account of the BBC, which is government funded, right. uh, funded by taxpayers. Um, he was boasting that they were going to pick up the tab for this hugely boozy lunch. And they were discussing how they were going to entrap my friend and, and like basically lie to make a television program. Anyway, 
he put this show out before they could air theirs. And the way he did that was he, he rented a big screen and he took on a truck and he took it to the offices of the BBC in Manchester and he got about four or 5,000 people there to watch it because he, he could command a street presence. And um, we put that out on Facebook and YouTube at the same time as it was shown live to the crowd. It had 1 million views on Facebook in 24 hours. Now, Facebook numbers are all bullshit, but 1 million is a lot. It doesn't, you know, in 24 hours. But that morning, the, the, the day after, he was gone. And he was gone with a, with a, a, a press release that went to all the press um, that said that he had called publicly for the beheading of Muslims on his Facebook page. Facebook said this. Facebook did not provide a screenshot. I guarantee you, with 1.2 million followers, had we ever posted, and I was an, administ an administrator on this page, and my Facebook page was deleted at the same moment, if we'd have ever said that, Frank, that's actually illegal. There's no First Amendment in the UK. If you, you would go to, he would go to prison for five years if he had ever said that. But Facebook can just make this accusation, not provide any screenshots. The press just print it. Job done. He's gone. And he'd already been deleted off Twitter before then. So after that, I got into high. I started helping Andrew with the court case in Australia. And, and I'm very pleased because, you know, the two years or more that I've been on Hive, you know what it's like, John. If you put in the time, if you do the videos, if you make, you make money. Yeah. And, and it's like, I wasn't there to make money. But suddenly I've got like a bit of a Bitcoin, you know, sitting in a bank, mostly because I sold all that steam when, I, you know, yeah. all my Hive, I've Same never taken Hive out. I sold it all. Like, have a, you have keep a, any steam? I don't want that. I didn't keep any steam. No, I sold it off every week for 13 weeks religiously. Here, like stack those sats, baby. I don't want any of this shit coin from Justin's son. Yeah. Did, did um you obviously have some tentacles into some of the displaced um people out there through your UK uh mm. uh background and then of course in the podcast and world like you said uh being in touch with guys that you're in touch with there they obviously i mean as you said apple or, or spotify and some of them are starting to come down on on some of these these uh podcasters what are you finding in terms of the appeal of hive or is there no appeal at this time to hive for those type people I, it's still a hard sell. Like I've done, um, it's still a hard sell. I've got to say, you know, the feature set, the, the sort of, excuse me, the, it, you can use it on mobile, but it's not exactly convenient. The, the, the feature set for the, for, I'll be honest, the feature set for uh, social is not quite there. It's sort of bits of it are, you know, Ecency is good for this and Peak D is great on if you're on a big browser on the web and it sort of works on mobile. But I, I, I'm kind of like feeling that we're... But I, I have begun to believe that where we're going to really succeed is in this kind of white labeling stuff. So Podping is totally behind the scenes. But I can foresee... Some of the podcast apps now are working on value for value and are going to build Podping into their system. 
behind the scenes, they're going to be able to use Pi as a cross-platform commenting engine, okay? So they'll be able to use it as a comment system within a podcast app, and it'll be because of Hi. And the same comments on the same podcast will show up on a totally different app. And without them having to figure out how to share infrastructure, and that's the direction that I'm trying. And I've got a few, a couple of the more forward-thinking podcast app writers. They're looking at this now. Plus there's another, like podcasting 2.0, the feature set, one of the, two of the things they've added, they've added transcripts and chapters. Podcasts, there are ways to put chapters in. It's complicated. You put them directly in the MP3 file. Very few people have done it, but Podcasting 2.0 has added an, a really nice chapters feature, which is with a JSON file alongside the podcast. That at the moment, there's no standardized way of storing that, but I think Hive could be the way. So an episode could get posted to Hive. The JSON can be stored in the metadata of the post. It's, I, I'm just one guy. I need some more developers. Uh, if, if any of the other sort of Hive people who have experience want some little projects come talk to me because i think i've got some ideas and and this is more about giving the tools then to fully featured web app developers for example who'll then say okay hive is going to be the commenting back end we'll build the front engines nice. and of course all those comments will then show up on peak d or recency or all those other things because because of this fantastic i mean this is another this is another part of the system it's like how are you going to block this you can't block this it's like it's so easy to access spin up another front end takes 12 minutes it's it's amazing um so that's where i i see hive's future it, it's it's at this boundary level between infrastructure deep infrastructure like podping and then the first layer of infrastructure and then we give some tools very good developers who are going to say, wow, this is the missing part. This is the back end. I didn't know I needed, but now I'm going to use it. Um, and we, I think we've, we've done pretty well on the onboarding system, actually. I've, I've Hive on board and 3Speak, they've both, I haven't had to walk people through the onboarding process recently as much. No, it's... Um, it's really easy compared to what it was. Yeah. <laughs> you compared yeah, yeah, yeah. to what it was, it's night and day. Right. Now, maybe you can, since you have the, the bit of developer background and you've mentioned Speak Network a, a number of times, how does, and maybe you can clarify for the, the listeners, how does that tie in if it does at all with what you're doing? Because they're developing a protocol in and of themselves. They're developing another layer on top of Hive. Do you tie into that? Could you see podcasts well, tell you, tie into yes. that? I already did an experiment actually, and um, they did this, but we haven't turned it on for lots of people. You can take your three-speak account and they can turn on a feature where your three speak account is just an RSS feed. And it suddenly you can subscribe to it with any podcast player. Bingo. Perfect. Three speak is suddenly a podcasting platform. Wow. Immediately. Now they've been so busy with the speak network. And I think I'm going to get back to Dan and Starkers and say, perhaps we should just turn this on. Cause it's, it's almost at the point where they could turn it on. 
The other thing that was released today, which is to do with alternate enclosures, starts to then say, oh, we can serve video at this size if you're on this size device. And, and so th there is going to be a convergence between what we think of as classical podcasting. Because what, like, what are you going to do to make a podcast? You're going to take the video down from Zoom. Right. You're going to convert it to an audio file, which is a and which is what I do as well. And you're going to put that on Anchor, and you're going to put this on Three Speak. Yeah. You should just be able to put it on Three Speak, and that's your RSS feed. And then Three Speak will say, "Oh, this is an audio player. I'll give them the audio file." The, all of this technology exists. Three Speak are going to be very, very well placed in the middle to do this because they're going to have the decentralized backend nice. and all of the incentivized systems as well. So that's why I'm I'm. It's like I'm not, I'm not thinking it all has to be done tomorrow, but I, I like the direction in which we're all going because we're all going in the same direction. The direction is decentralized hosting that is, that is paid for in a re reasonable way. It's like you understand the value of what you're getting and you appreciate it because the whole enemy here is free. If it's free, you're the product being sold. Game over. Don't want that. I want to pay for everything I do. Actually, we want to be paid for what we do. Well, but that, that's the point. But you can be you can be paid for what you do if you're doing it within within it. And that, this is what I've had to explain to um, like when I first proposed Podping, Dave Jones says, um, what would it take for us to build a backup system? And I'm like, well, you can. You, you know, all the codes there on GitHub, I suppose you could run some witnesses and you could do all of that stuff. But what you have to look at is the fact that this thing has been running nonstop now for, what, four or five years since yeah. the very first thing it was turned on? People running it, I know, I know most of them, they're all happy to do it. They make money. I mean, we know the witnesses make, the top witnesses make money. As long as there's an economic incentive to keep the system running, the system keeps running. Block trades doesn't seem to be about to pull the plug on it. He's, they're mm -hmm. developing like crazy. None of the guys, powwows getting funded by the DHF. You know, it's like we've reached, okay, I mean, everyone can gripe and moan and I had to get money for this or whatever, but generally we seem to have, and that's without our coin going to the moon. I mean, it's nice when it, goes to 50 and it's crap when it goes to oh, i don't want to look 36 but <laughs> it's, it's it it actually fundamentally you you know you we three we were around at five cents you know it was it's only like nine months ago we were down at five cents and then i think the witnesses were crying um but uh, it seems that over 10 or 12 cents you pay for your equipment and make some. So, you, you know, I, I, I was explaining to Dave, you don't really have to worry about this thing disappearing overnight because there are now so many businesses. Splinterlands is a big business. Okay. Mm -hmm. Trades is a business. These guys don't, they can't have this thing disappear tomorrow. Um, and Podping adds another one. You know, suddenly, we're going to embed high in the center of an industry that says that it's worth more than a billion dollars now in terms of, and, and believe me, the big guys, 
there's another part in that podcast that I played you the clip of the very start. I don't know how much longer are we going. I, I the the are open ended. I mean, it's yeah. The 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 um the 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 point was was that um yeah this is funny popping and I want to find the right one. I don't think I can find it quick enough. Um, the, the point is, who are the big guys of podcasting? Well, actually, it's the independent. Podcasting is still largely driven by independents. NPR have come along and the BBC have come along and they make big shows. But podcasting is independent still. So if we drive this movement to podping and to use some of the social features of Hive, the big boys will be forced to follow that's that's a wonderful position to be in, not being led. Two 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 questions, but they kind of uh, tie in together, or two two separate pieces to it. You said uh, podcasting is still independent, so it's a bunch of people like John and myself, and and some others who put together a weekly show, a daily show, whatever, and they're all over the world. They're doing these things. They're throwing it up on Spotify, Apple, wherever they're throwing it up. Now, do you foresee a time, because you said a lot of this stuff's on the back end, so people like me and, and John won't even be aware of it really per se, because it's the, the podcast hosting companies that are paying attention to all this stuff and whatnot. And then, of course, the applications that are reading reading the, and scanning the blockchain for updates. So first question is, do you see a lot of these a, a way to bring a lot of these podcasters time, maybe the, the comment section is it. And then the second thing is you're dealing with some heavy developers and some heavy hitters with these applications and some of these other things. Do you see their developers coming over and starting to build on here? That That's the bit I'm focusing on the second part. Okay. More because um, the developers and getting the developers excited about Hive has been I, the thing I'm most proud of now, getting, getting Dave Jones to say, I had no idea it could do this. I had no idea you could use a blockchain this way. That's a very big deal for me. And other people are listening to him. And the, the whole of the podcast industry that, you know, at first we we're actually going to hide the Hive bit in that the four companies that are sending updates to Hive right now, they're actually just sending a get request Dave Jones's computers and Dave Jones's got computers that are writing to the blockchain. But in three to six months, we're going to say to them, look, you don't need to use this API. Here's a Docker. Get yourself a $5 node or a Raspberry Pi. Put in a Hive account and you can do this yourself. You don't need to send us every ping. And at that point, that's the point at which some of the technical people at Buzzsprout, maybe at Anchor, are going to be forced to have a Hive account to manage the keys and to run. And I, and I think that that's hugely valuable because anybody with a bit of, you know, inquisitiveness is going to say, what is this system? Why am I, how am I, how is it doing this? Mm. You know, the, the way, the way I sold this was, was so, I mean, I say sold, but the way I, I demoed this was, it was on a zoom call like this, or we use Jitsi because um, it's open source <laughs> and I, I literally I gave I got I got this one guy Alex to run 
at his end, the watcher that I'd written, which all it did was just watch the stream, watch the custom JSON for the right ID. And I started pinging from my side. And I actually had the very, very first version. I had a technical error and it took 10 seconds for the pings to be received. And I was like, why is it taking so long? And everybody else is watching this and saying, oh my God, it took 10 seconds. <laughs> and, and I was so pissed off about the 10 seconds. And then I fixed it the next morning. It was because I was waiting for conf block confirmations, which we all know are completely meaningless on the hive. It's like, it's not like, I, we, don't, we don't need three block confirmations on hive to know that a custom JSON went. It's, it's not gonna get reversed. Anyway, I was waiting for the confirmations. That was the mistake. But, 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 the, but the, that was the point. I was showing these people a global notification system without subscriptions and without opening web sockets. And there's, I have only now started to learn how complicated it would be to do this without Hive in the middle. To the point that you would need all of the computers of Hive configured in some crazy way to act as relays and have enough open sockets because you, to, you, you everybody I've shown this to, they've all taken a look at this and they've, they've their initial thought was, oh, that's easy. Mm. And then when they sit down and actually try and map it out, they, they come up with spider diagrams with servers everywhere. And it's a disaster. I've just put it in, take it out, easy, done. Well, in my last question, you mentioned the word. What What's your roadmap for uh, if you want to throw a general roadmap out for, let's say, the next uh, six months, the rest of the year? Um, part of this is in the hands of how fast Dave manages to convince the big podcast host, and most of which he has lines of communications to. But I think that it's a snowballing thing uh, in that, you know, we've got four, we've got another one working right now. Once you've got five, then another five are going to start looking at it very closely. Um, so it's a matter of bringing them on board. It's, it's, it's really, I really, we really need Apple, Google, and Spotify to be using. And, and I mean, and I think- A, a low, I, you know, set your sights low. I think, I think a stretch target is three months probably realistic it's six months because what we can do is we can shame them. we can shame them with the, the global warming thing because we i'll start doing the calculations now of how many computers they've got checking how many rss feeds every hour to see if they've changed and they can all be replaced by by a half a dozen five dollar a month linodes that's it's, a it's great like that's, PR campaign man that's a great PR campaign. Isn't that great? And it's like, <laughs> you don't need any of that. And, and Hive is already like unbelievably efficient for what it does because we don't have this nonsense proof of work stuff. Um, you know, we, 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 somebody tried working it out and it, it's nothing. You know, mm. these servers are running on 90 watt power supplies and 120 watt power supplies. And what, we've got 100 witnesses. Uh, we've got a half a we got a dozen api servers we need more api servers that's our weakness actually if there's anything but but the whole network it's it it, it doesn't even compare to like i'm sure there's like there's like some raiders of the lost ark style 
room at apple that's doing podcasting you know one of those one of those stretches to infinity of all these blinking lights that are just crappily downloading checking a podcast that hasn't updated in four years and hitting it every hour to see if it's changed well i don't know whether it's a witness or an api but aps hamilton's running something out of his house aps hamilton is running uh he's only got a he's got well he's got a witness and a backup witness and he's on fiber and he's running it in his house. And he, I mean, our whole, you know, the whole court case in Australia comes from him having bought all of this mostly Ethereum mining equipment. And that's what he's repurposed to, to do his witnesses. But even then, his hive witness is, is barely ticking over. His machine is not challenged by it. Um, and, and yeah, he runs it at, at home. And I think it's very important that he runs it at home because he's proving the resilience of the network. Um, and, he, and he's proving that, that, yeah. And look, Lightning has got a different philosophy. I'm running a full Bitcoin node. So I verify every transaction in the Bitcoin network. I can't mine because it's a Raspberry Pi, but I, I see the value in that. So Bitcoin is the other decentralized blockchain, but. Is Ethereum decentralized? Oh, I've got I've got one last clip. Shall I play you one last clip? Here you go. See if you recognize this voice. Um, so like one example of the things I did is I just like actually started re um, listening to your um, audiobooks and podcasts much more. Like just this year, I basically kind of discover that the podcast space is real for the first time i guess <laughs> like before that you know there would be things that i would get interviewed for but yeah, yeah. i yeah was not really kind of like mentally incorporated i did not mentally incorporate this um, idea that like podcasts are a thing that you can go listen to and then so that's vitalik talking on the lex friedman podcast um and it wasn't until he was locked in singapore for a year during lockdown that he discovered podcast um and, you know, he must, how many times has he been interviewed on podcasts? Yeah, exactly. And he's like, oh, the, I just discovered him. He, but, he's but, one of those guys who's so smart that common sense is kind of lacking at times. Exactly. <laughs> and I love him. I, 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 I think he's wonderful. But, but the point is, he, he is, he, Ethereum is far too centralized on him. It's far too centralized. And the Ethereum Foundation and so on. You know, it's like, that's a point of failure. And switching to proof of uh, stake when you're not worth enough, it's a worry. I mean, Ethereum could, you know, the banks and the, the global system, the global financial system is big enough to subvert Ethereum, I think, mm. if they tried. I don't know if they will try. But just, just the way that, you know, Justin Sun waltzed in and took over Steam, you know, with a you know, $4 million worth of Ninja Mine or whatever it was. Um, and the only reason we could win that fight was the fork. And, and because of community, I mean, this is the final thing. It's like, I, I foresee, this is, okay, roadmap. I want to destroy Facebook <laughs> as a centralized, yeah. I mean, our court case in Australia- And John wants to crush PayPal, so- yeah, man. <laughs> I want to, yeah, exactly. I want to crush Facebook. And the, and the way you crush Facebook is you make it less and less relevant. So I want to get back to the internet of my, when I was a kid and I was on like, I was on this forum for cars and this forum for equestrian stuff. 
and wreck dot equestrian on Usenet. That was a kind of a more friendly decentralized internet. There wasn't this one big beer map, which everything was in the middle. And that's what Facebook's become and Twitter to a certain extent and Google. I want them to just become less relevant, less centralized. And we, we, we start finding our communities that we want to be in, in decentralized places. And that's what, you know, a podcast is a center of a community. Like No Agenda is the show of Adam Curry and John C. DeBorick. That show has got, it's much bigger than it appears to be. And the reason you, it doesn't have a YouTube channel, uh, you, you can't get a handle of it on it in the old sense. But they've, in the last year or two, they've started, and it's all organized by listeners who are called producers. They've, they have meetups and there's a, somebody put up a server that, that then you organize your meetups on. Every week there's three or four meetups, five, 10, 15, 20, 30 people show up. It's communities around no agenda. And it's not on Facebook. They're not on Facebook. Some people have got Facebook groups or but get away from this central one system and this central twitter and get away from it now is hive going to be the place where you can have some communities i hope so i like it i think it can work we need some you know we, we've we've got most of the features but somebody might come along with a brilliant front end that just works for podcasting using the hive back end that's what that's what i hope that's what I really hope. Um, I don't think it'll be me that write that, but I am now putting Hive in front of everybody's face and saying, what can you do with it? And, and the smart ones are gonna see things that they can do with it. I know I said I was done with questions, but you brought up one more. You mentioned Oriel, the, the, the- Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oriel. What do you know about that? Can you give us a, a quick overview of that? You know, they're guys in India. I've had a couple of chats with some of their devs. Uh, I tried to sign up. It was buggy. I fixed it with them. So, you know, they're responsive and stuff and they want to make a better product. They want to bring, it's kind of like Steam Press for podcasts to put your podcast into Hive. I, I don't think it's revolutionary, but I think it's evolutionary. And it. I, I'm to be honest, I'm just happy that there are four developers in India doing stuff with Hive. It's like, I don't know whether that is the product that is going to be of value, but the more people we have doing smart development work, the better. And, and I'm, I'm watching, you know, I've told them, watch what we're doing on podcasting 2.0, which they are doing. Um, and I, you know, we'll find some way to incorporate. They might be the ones that builds the commenting system that every other podcast can use. I don't know. It's just, I just, I like the idea that there are smart, motivated people. And I like the idea that Hive is funding that to a certain extent. I like that they've, uh, they've got a, a funded proposal. I think that's the kind of thing which is, you know, the DHF ha has a sort of an issue with being like way too dominated by developers to some extent. And it, but there's some marketing stuff going on. I, I want to see a range. I don't, Think I, I'm not a great believer that Hive is at a state where we, you know, we shouldn't be having billboards saying "Come to Hive." I don't. I don't think we're like that. But 
this I like the idea of selling it to smart developers and smart user interface people and saying, what can you use this for? Because that's what, you know, that's what I've done here is I've just taken it, I've just like found a use for it. Like Dave Jones said, for years we've had this, the blockchain is the, the cure for which there is no disease, but oh no, there, there are some real use cases and this is one. Brilliant. Well, you got anything, I know I'm John? looking forward to this. What's that, sir? You got any questions? You got no, anything to add? I'm just, I'm just pumped up for it. I mean, I, I've always thought, I, even when D Sound was around, I thought it was like a no-brainer, and I was blown away at why podcasts didn't make the leap into the blockchain space sooner. Um, so I'm, I'm all for it. I mean, this is right up my alley. It's, it's right in line with my businesses and, and you know what I believe in that's needed. So I'm just, I'm pumped up, man. And I, I can't wait to see it roll out here. And I mean, if you need anything, you know, let me know. I mean, I'll, I'll dance on camera. That's what I'm good at. Apparently. As, you know. <laughs> that's, but that's it. Just keep it in your mind. And it's like, tell people, tell people that there's something going on with Hive, with podcasting. Come talk to me. Come look at what we're doing on GitHub. Get in touch if, if you've got any of the skills and it doesn't, you don't need to be a hardcore, to, but this is the point is like, I, I literally hardly wrote, I did nothing more than a couple of Excel macros since 1997 until I, the reason actually I started learning Python was I needed to draw some graphs for our court case in Australia of showing the drops in cryptocurrency and how they coincided with the timing of Facebook announcements. And so I learned, I started learning Python and I was, I was just, there's an XKCD um, cartoon and with a, like someone flying. And it's like, how are you doing that? And it's like, I learned Python. How did you do that? It's like import anti-gravity. <laughs> Python is really much, it's like, you just import it and it, it works. But I am no, I'm no, I haven't been professionally coding for 20 years. Suddenly it's just, I just had enough knowledge to be dangerous to say, what if we did this? And that, that's the other beauty of like, okay, the first thing I wrote in Python when I was learning now, nine months ago, I wrote this little program that scrapes the, there's a, the Israeli water board uh, lists the level of the lake, the, the Sea of Galilee called right. the Kinneret, called a lake. Everybody's very famous. Jesus walked there. Um, <laughs> They give the level of this lake and, and I, I wanted to track it, but they didn't make it. There was no, as far as I could tell, there's no API. It's complicated. So I wrote, the, I wrote some Python to scrape it. And then I wrote a thing to make a graph and I published the graph. And then I wanted to put that out on Twitter every day. Oh my God. I went through like a week. There's a blog post on Hive about it. I can find it. So I, I asked for an API developer key. So it says to me, and you have to do tick boxes. And it's like, are you doing anything that involves government data? So I was like, I don't know. I, I ticked yes, because I was getting the data from the Israeli Ministry of Water. Anyway, I get this answer back saying, saying, well, we need to go into further details to check your, your permission to post, a, to post a single tweet every day. And, and it was like, and, I, and they asked me, is, uh, are, you know, Will, are you going to be releasing to the to the public information that is government, you know, sourced? And, and they started going through, I went through like 
I don't know, it was a week with four or five, obviously form generated, but by a human, crazy email, just to get permission to send a tweet to Twitter on my own account that I've had for years. And eventually I said, eventually I wrote back the last, the last thing I said, said to them was, I just want to send a tweet with the level of a lake. I am not trying to release nuclear launch codes. What, what are you doing? Why is it so hard to use Twitter for this? And I got back my, my API key. You go to Hive, sign up, get an account, put 20 Hive power on it. You're golden. You can do whatever you like. Right. Yeah. Why, why does anybody use Twitter? It's so difficult. I we don't have an option. Yeah, that's Project, Project blank. We're waiting. We're waiting. I know. I know. Yeah. So, um, all right. I think. Well, Brian, th thank you for coming on. I mean, we went a little longer than we usually do, but uh, hopefully this, this excites people more about Hive and some of what's going on. And it's always nice to know about new use cases for the blockchain. Proposal 181. If you haven't voted for me, please do. I'm, uh, I'm taking very little out of it. Um, give give that a, you know, upvote that. I'd love to see it funded because I tell you, actually, the last thing I'll say is it's not just about funding that proposal. I want to then show the developers outside of Hive, Hive, is, Hive values this. And uh, Joe Ryan voted. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Joe Dorian. <laughs> anyway, I... I really do. So people are watching. This is like this is like one of those telethons. You can. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not finding it, man. I'm, I'm... Am I Jerry Lewis? <laughs> John's Dean Martin. I'm Lewis. Uh... Uh, we all have different cultural references because they were different in every country. But uh, but yeah, um, no. I think it's really important to be able to show people that we have a decentralized fund that the community values this development effort. And uh, I'm, I'm very, very pleased that I've got the big support and I'm um, looking for all the support along the way. It means a lot to me. I think I voted for it, but I'll double check. You did, sure. you did. Yeah, you I, gotta, did. I gotta find it here, 181. 181, proposal 181, Pete. Uh, I can drop it in your chat. Oh, I got it, yep, right here, got it, hold on. You're good, I got you. I got some proxy too from a whole bunch of people in CTP. So I hope it helps. You hear that? I don't know. I don't know if you Perfect. can hear that. <laughs> cool, man. Uh, dude, All this right. is awesome, man. I'm I'm fired up for it. Um, I know a whole bunch of people on CTP have been watching in Vim too. So uh, they're all on podcasts and they love it too. And we're really, really excited for it, man. So uh, thank you. And, and I, I will, t you know what, specifically for Hivians who have podcasts, I'm going to see if I can't write a little API server that, that you guys can click a button and then send yours out on the pod ping as well. Just, oh, to, love it, just, just for the, just for the hell of it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I, we use anchor, but anchor is, you know, I mean, I can't even upload it to Oreo because apparently I need some kind of key that they send and I can't and, get it. Yeah. Because anchor doesn't even put your email address in their feeds. It's a nightmare. Yeah. Um, we're working to try and break down the walls at Anchor. It's very important for us, so uh, yeah. we'll get there. But I'll, I'll, I'll try and figure out a way that you and anybody else on Hive can 
ping their own pings because you've got you've already got your hive keys and you're and and actually i i think i can put together something just it'll probably just be the simplest web page that just you push a button and it says sends out a ping i like simple just saying (laughs) the simpler anyone makes things anyways ease ease of use is very important to us very very well and that's the whole point is but this is all this should all be behind the scenes you should just press publish and then your publisher will will send this out so uh, that's where it's headed well thank you sir thank you again brian awesome man thanks guys and thanks uh, for everything check him out brian of it's brian of london right on brian of london brian of Uh, london on high brian of london all one word and i'm I'm on every platform as Brian of London, except if you Google Brian of London, you might find a hairdresser in Texas. That's not me. Oh, I had him on the list to call after this show. <laughs> I know, yeah. yeah. I, well, yeah, because me and Task are just, you know, the champions of, you know, we need you know, hairdressing. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. And everyone listening, thanks for listening in. Have a great day. Later. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Cryptomaniacs podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to hanging out with you again next week. 